excited to talk about episode five of Sun Records, Rising Sun, and we have a very special, beautiful, and talented Margaret Ann Florence in, well, not really in the studio, but on Skype, so stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning again this week to our Sun Records After Show. I am your host, Allie Nasty. You can find me on Twitter at Allie Nasty, on Instagram at Allie Girl. And Tamara Brown, where can they find you? Hi, guys. You can find me on Instagram at Tamara underscore blue. And you can find me on Twitter at Brown Tamara. Oh, my gosh, guys. How exciting is this? We have got Margaret Ann Florence with us on Skype right now. Marion. Marion Kisker. Hello. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. How are you guys? We're good. Thank you so much for joining us. If you guys don't know, she's actually at, in New York right now. So it is 12 p.m. her time, or sorry, 12 a.m. her time. Yeah. So. <laughs> Exactly. Well, so we just like totally want to get right into this episode. You had so many great scenes. We kind of saw your character go a little full circle. You know, she's been so boss lady and strong and and just kind of tells it how it is. And this episode, we saw her get a little emotional. We're actually really lucky that we caught you for this episode. Yeah. Because this is like the perfect episode to have you on. Exactly. Yeah, thanks. No, it's a it's a great episode and and definitely a side of Marion that maybe we haven't seen yet. And um, she is, you know, as tough as she is, she also does have her vulnerability. And I think, you know, that was a cool thing to play in this episode. And and you do kind of see her come full circle. You think it's maybe it's going to work out. But, you know, there's still there's still more episodes to come. So so we'll see what else happens. But but yeah, it was it was a good one. That's great. I know. I'm hoping. I'm totally crossing my fingers for on that one because she's putting so much effort into everything she's doing with Sun Records and with Sam. And we see so much just like she has so much faith in everything in this process. And she's kind of the backbone. What do yes. you what do you say? Like she's she's the one that's like, nope, we're going to get this going off, like off the ground running. Everything's going to happen. It's going to yeah, go great. Like, we're going to do this. We're going to make it happen. If, even if we have to go to prison to find some singers, <laughs> like we're going to keep this going, um, which I think is really what Sam loved about her, that that she was that backbone. And, you know, he had the music side, but she was the one that sort of kept driving things forward and pushing the business forward. And, and like, how can we make this work and what can we do? Because I think she saw that talent in Sam and that's what she loved about him. So yeah. I think that was kind of what made them the perfect pair and she was leaning in before it was uh, a buzzword to lean in for the boss lady (laughs) yes do you have um do you have any of that in in you margaret ann are you like like her uh yeah (laughs) i think i am i'm definitely like a let's get this done like how can we get this done what can we do to make it happen i'm not one to give up easily at all so i think that comes in handy uh when you're playing marion for sure for sure awesome definitely and you know i heard sam i mean obviously you and chad definitely there's so much chemistry between them you know and you can see it you can feel it almost just watching as an audience member so like how does it how is it when you're on set like how does that begin when you guys start to act do you guys have to be silent beforehand? Like, just tell us about your your time on set together and kind of how it plays out. 
Um, well, we we got along great from the beginning. Chad and I actually never met until we were doing the first table read for the show. Oh, so cool. we never auditioned together. Like it was totally <laughs> thank goodness that uh, we got along so great and and it all worked out. Had you um, like watched One Tree Hill or anything beforehand? <laughs> Yes, like. of course. <laughs> yeah, I was well aware who Chad was. Of course, he probably didn't know who I was. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was uh, exciting to be able to work with him. And I don't know, we just, I think we were both coming at this with wanting to make the most of these characters and the story. And I think we were just all in from the beginning. And, um, you know, the scenes that we have together, we just, I don't know, it, it, I want to say it wasn't that much work because it because it wasn't it just mm -hmm. sort of flowed and happened and I guess that's kind of the best scenario that you want to have especially when you're in a romantic situation with somebody and um you know shooting those romantic scenes on set is of course not quite as romantic as <laughs> yeah, it was totally <laughs> but um but Chad is awesome and uh you know we are very respectful of each other of and, course. So all that was all that was great, but um, it was it's it's fun to play these characters that are sort of, you know, it's like are they or aren't they, and and that tension and the little Sam and know, Diane action between you only, <laughs> only they definitely are they are, we haven't seen yes. the aren't they yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. There's a lot happening in the office. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm like I'm like, does Marion not have an apartment? Like yeah. does she? <laughs> Exactly. It's like getting it on in the office, but I guess <laughs> you, she's working all the time, so you got to make the most of it. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I mean, she's got two jobs making this dream of Sam, Sam's come to life. Um, but also with Marion, you know, what like what kind of research did you do? Did you have to? Did you know about her, or how did this kind of come about for you? Well, I. I knew a lot about Sun Records um, and Elvis. I was a big Elvis fan growing up. My family, my mother was born in Memphis. So I had that background and at least knew a lot about the music and the oh, time period. Great. But yeah. not yeah. as much about Marion Keisker because, you know, unfortunately women, of course, in that time period aren't very well documented at all. Yeah. So then I started researching online and, you know, found what I could uh, to prep for the role for the audition. Mm -hmm. And then luckily when we shot in Memphis, I got to meet some other people that knew her and also um, some of the guys that work at Sun Records now actually had sort of some other um, interviews and things that weren't available online. So that kind of helped me learn more about her. And she was such a fascinating person and really ahead of her time. And um, she started working in radio when she was 12 years old and, and wow. did sang on the radio as a kid. And she produced her own uh, radio programs. And she said specifically she wanted to do cultural shows and not talk about domestic chores or cooking um so she was really she was really a progressive woman All and did a lot for rad. women in video and yeah. so it was yeah. fascinating to to learn about her so you the the sun's records people that you met that you just mentioned they were are they like old guys that knew the real marion no these were these are young guys that are that are running the studio now and i'm um, still recording people there and everything but i did speak to somebody that that was a friend of hers and he just said you know, how cultured she was and, and what a flair she had and that she was always dressed, you know, very, um, not flashy, but just, she carried herself, you know, she had, she had these glasses and very <laughs> accessorized. So we kind yeah. of um, played with that too in, in the wardrobe and, you know, she has these little scarves and, and different little touches to kind of 
bring out her her personality some. But I think the real Marion was like that and was very charismatic from from what I understand and very intelligent. So that was fun to to talk to some people that actually knew her. Yeah, yeah. it's really been interesting when we've had um, a, a few of the cast members in the studio here talk about your guys's experience, like meeting people connected with the real people. Yeah. That's such a, a like once in a lifetime experience. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. I mean, we couldn't have shot the show anywhere else. But when you're in Memphis and you're like, oh, yeah, this guy is, you know, friends with Jerry Lee Lewis. And you're like, oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, wow, like, really? Um, it's it's so cool. I mean, you can't there's there's no, you know, Wikipedia page that's going to tell you that. So, <laughs> yeah, so that, that is definitely awesome for sure. This people. <laughs> well, I mean, you definitely are bringing that that like vivaciousness to Marion is who we know her to be through, like, you know, just reading about her and just watching it it's so powerful and seeing that she is such a strong woman and you're just doing such a phenomenal job with that I just want you to know it's it just so it's so fun to watch and I feel like it's so raw and it just I can't even get over how how great it is so I just want to say like thank you for making this so fun to watch um <laughs> but also just like kind of behind the scenes stuff um I do have a question from someone in the live chat so we'll get to that in a second but I I wanted to ask you, so this scene in particular, when you guys are going to the jail, you said you actually um, drove the car, right? Yes. Yes. I had a couple of driving lessons. There was this whole big thing about that I was going to have to really drive this car. So I learned it has what it's called the three on the tree, which is like you have to shift the gear from like the steering wheel column. Oh so I learned how to do all that and we practiced practice and everything and it was it was great. And then like all you saw was that like tiny little snippet of the car going to the jail, which you can't even really see, but it is me driving. 100% I'm driving that car. Amazing. So it was super fun. I love driving and love cars. So that was a really fun experience to be able to do that. But but yeah, we were really driving <laughs> to that jail. Oh my god. That jail is a real jail. It's like an active live jail there were prisoners in that jail while we were shooting oh wow. wait so you guys actually went into the jail like and shot it in inside yes everything that was in the jail tonight with Darius Rucker singing that was in <laughs> the real jail and our little part was you know closed off privately yeah. to our crew and stuff but you saw prisoners between scenes like being transported in between cells and stuff it was it was crazy you do not want to go to jail is oh. the moral <laughs> Really? Oh I've my! I've been thinking about it, but <laughs> no, now no. that you mention you it, you visit for a second and say, "No, thank you." Wow, <laughs> that's that's crazy. What was it? Uh, what was it like to work with Darius Rucker? Oh my gosh! Oh, yeah, it was awesome. Well, we're actually both from Charleston, South Carolina, and oddly enough, I used to perform in a performing group when I was younger with his nieces, and what? he was a friend oh, of my awesome. dad's, and my uncle knew him from college. I don't know. It's a very like small world, I guess, in Charleston, but so. So it was crazy when he came on set and then we kind of made all those connections of how we knew each other. So that was really funny. But um, he cool. was fantastic. I mean, to get to sit and listen to Darius Rucker sing all day, <laughs> nothing wrong there. So, so that was that was awesome. He, Did anyone his, ever slip up and call him Hootie? No. <laughs> no. I bet he hates that. I I don't. I'm. I'm sure he's very used to it by now. Um, but no, nobody called him Hootie. 
<laughs> I mean, it was, it kind of brings me to the, like, last episode we were talking about the soundtrack of the show, and we're, like, ready for it to be released, especially, I mean, tonight, too, you're just listening to all, the more we get into this season, the more songs we're getting, and it's just, each one of them is just so, it's just so much fun to listen to, and hearing his voice, you're like, obviously, you're watching him, and you're seeing him, and usually you just hear him on the radio, or so it was so fun to kind of put those pieces together. Um, yeah. But we have a question from the live chat from Rye C says, what's Margaret's Margaret Ann's favorite part of these past five episodes? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, it's a good question, um, by the way. Yes. I Well, A, I, in the first episode, I loved eating those bologna sandwiches that I ate because I ate like five of them. And that was delicious and incredibly messy and also disgusting. But I love that. <laughs> and then um, having Darius Rucker on, that was a huge highlight. Um, oh, my gosh. What else? I love it. I love tonight when, when you know, Sam and I are, are making out. And then I'm like, hold on. There's a customer at the door. And then it's Elvis. I think that is, like, such a funny, great moment. Like, Luckily, we stopped our makeout session <laughs> for us to completely change the history of music here. So. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was fun, and I mean, I love seeing all my other castmates. You know, I, I love hearing everybody sing. I I love the roller skating scenes with Johnny Cash. I think those are so cute, and I love hearing Dewey Phillips, all his radio. Uh, Kira Donnell is awesome in that role, and. Um, I think everybody's really the show is such an ensemble. So to get to see everybody's scenes put together, that's that's really what I'm enjoying because I didn't see, you know, if I'm not shooting with that person, I'm not seeing what they're doing. So so it's just awesome to see everything put together. Yeah, it sounds like you guys had so much fun shooting this from what everybody said when they've talked to us. It sounds like you guys really bonded and it really was an ensemble cast and which is just makes it all the more fun to shoot. Yes, we had the best time. I mean, we were basically living at like summer camp together. So we were I think all else in the summer camp, right? right? <laughs> what? I think it was either Kevin or Christian or Jenna. One of them said so it did, felt so like it summer, camp. summer camp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was summer camp. We had cookouts on Sunday nights, and we were all, a bunch of us didn't have cars, so we were like carpooling to the grocery store. I mean, it was like we were all in it together. In like the 55 Bel Air. <laughs> yeah, right. Pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, driving the car right off. Set. Because one of those babies does hold like 10 people. So. <laughs> Yes, it's like a tank. You yeah. can probably run, run the whole world down with that car. Um, but yeah, we we got along amazingly, just wonderfully, and and we all really talk to each other all the time. And I mean, it's true. It sounds very cliche, but but it's true. And I, I think it shows in the show that we're all having fun and that that we love being together. So. Yeah, I mean, it definitely does all the chemistry on set, whether it's like what we're watching as an audience, like either, even the scenes, even though they're separate, I feel like they all come together in their own way. And it's just makes it so intriguing to watch and just kind of see them all filter in together. Um, but also just kind of with like the music background, you have a background in music, right? With with yeah. Broadway. Is that, yes, I, yes. I have um, I have a master's degree in musical theater, <laughs> and I studied classical voice in college. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I performed off Broadway in the Fantastics, and I did uh, the Light in the Piazza in Washington D.C. So I've done I've done some some different things. So That's amazing. will we see Marion sing at all in the show? Um, she did sing uh, when she was younger, when she was a child on the radio. So we've kind of I've. 
hoping maybe second season she might get a little a little singing in if we yeah. hopefully get a second season if our fans want it. Yes. Um, yeah, so I hope so. Um, but I did, I, in that very first episode, I, I sang a little of, she's in the jailhouse now. Yeah. Little, but that was it. I had one, <laughs> one little line, but, you know, maybe there'll be more. That would be amazing. <laughs> so. And yes, just like we were, you were saying, season two. I think we all want it. We all yes. really want it. Um, but also, to you know, with Marion being such like a pivotal woman in this time period and kind of showing her strength, how would you best describe her? I think, gosh, she's just, well, I think she's educated. And mm-hmm. I think that that really makes a big difference. You know, you, you can tell that on the date that she has with Earl. She, you know, she's not she's not there to be your little lady that you need to order for her and, and coddle. And, right. you know, she's in charge of herself. And so I love I love that about her. And um, I just think she's she's strong and she's tough, but she's also just like we saw tonight got this you know she's not she's not um unbreakable and yeah and she yeah. wants things in life and she wants she wants sam and she wants the business to succeed and she wants to be successful and i think those are all really admirable qualities about her definitely and we saw so much of that this episode every time he was down she was bringing him back up just being like no <laughs> we're gonna continue on it yeah <laughs> yeah she she tries she she's the cheerleader you know she is she wants to to keep it going and and to to support everybody whoever they are you'll see that kind of too coming in now as we're getting more into the elvis storyline um you know she's there she's there to sort of take care of everybody she's a she's a caretaker she is yeah um but she's not a babier she's not gonna no baby no we definitely see that this episode too where she's just like no we're gonna get work done just like you said when they were knocking on the door she's like nope stop we're gonna get work done we're gonna make this happen but i also yeah. like how she you know she's she wants to take care of becky too like it yeah. she's like such a conflicted character because on one hand she loves sam but on the other hand she doesn't want to hurt his wife and says how you know it's most fair to becky to let her she's still young you know let her move on with her life at this point you know it's right. it's just think- makes you really love that character well, thanks. That was something that we were really um, careful with, and and Roland Joffe, our director, you know, we wanted to make sure that Marion wasn't just coming off as as the other woman. You know, she she has to have she's she likes Becky, mm-hmm. and you know she she wants what's best for Becky. She, I don't think she really wants to be breaking up this marriage or having this affair necessarily, but. She is Becky's friend, and and I think that's very conflicting for Marion as well. And it, it, but it was it was it was tough to play. And I think um, I think Jennifer Holland, who plays Becky, does a tremendous job. And um, it was great for the two of us to work together and kind of build that Marion Becky relationship because they both want what's best for Sam. They might have different ideas of what that is, mm-hmm. but but they're both kind of working towards that. And I think to you know, that's more interesting to me to play than, you know, good girl, bad girl, right. or, you know, he should definitely be with her. Or she should definitely be with her. It's, it's, com- it's confusing and conflicting. And I think, you know, hopefully we're, we're giving that to the audience. Totally. Because those are the characters I personally latch onto because nobody's all good or all bad. Yeah. So it's when somebody, you know, has both, you know, different qualities, it makes it just really realistic and easy to easy to grab onto so yeah no I agree completely because 
half the episode you're with Becky and you you know you see her kind of break down this episode when she's with her neighbor and you feel for her and then you see Marion and you feel for her too so you just don't you don't really have a side I mean I don't do you, I don't feel like there's any sides to be taken I mean at this I feel point. like we're a little bit on Marion's side more so than Becky's I, I <laughs> yeah think that's true because because the the show definitely favors Marion and Sam's love story yeah. far more than than Becky's and I felt like this episode was the first time that we really saw that nagging wife kind of come out where when she was just like she kind of was fed up with the music and and was like uh oh I forget what the exact line was that she said but something just like you're still you know you're still gonna do this um so you know it's it's I'm I'm happy that it had you know she hasn't been that kind of character the whole time but I yeah. think we're definitely I think we're definitely on Marion and Sam's side more so than <laughs> yeah well. Sam and Becky <laughs> You're like, can't be biased, but... <laughs> I mean, I think that's what the show's aiming for. I think that's how they wrote it, so... I think so. I, yeah. I, I, think, it, I think it is. Yeah. Besides your aunt, your Marion character and Sam's yeah. storyline, what's your favorite... I think you might have mentioned something about Elvis, but what's your favorite storyline to be following that you might have not really known before this show? Oh, just about them and... About the, the whole thing in general? Yeah. Um, well, I didn't, I didn't realize as much as I knew about it. I didn't realize so many artists came through Sun Records. I didn't realize BB King came through there and, um, Roy Orbison and, you know, there's all, I mean, this show could go on for a lifetime. You know, there, there's so many people that came through there and that were influenced by the music in Memphis and, and became what everybody knows as rock and roll today. And I just think it's it's incredible that it all started in this tiny, tiny little studio. Yeah. Um, so I think that's that's such an incredible, incredible story to tell. And, and I think something that most of America probably does not know. They know Elvis and they know Johnny Cash, but they don't know where these people began. And I think that's what's great about our show is we're showing these artists before the hype and before everything blew up for them and, and maybe a time that people don't know as much about. So, so I think that's cool. And, and that's, what's been interesting for me to learn about as, as I've been shooting. Yeah. I was thinking about, because if the show, if the show's picked up for a second season and a third season, I mean, it's going to have to get into the fame at that point, you're going to be in like 54, 55, you know? So. Yeah. It's... We kind of, we kind of get through, a good bit of time in these next few episodes um time passes a little more quickly so you'll see the beginning of you know the Ooh, girls coming after elvis tidbit and, i'm looking forward and, to that yeah and that fame you know start to start to rise up um so you'll definitely get a taste of that and and hopefully they'll there'll be a lot more if we uh, go on but I, I think that's all gonna start playing in and and a lot more music and i think people are going to be excited to see all that it was it's a lot of fun can you tell us real quick before before we got on the air we were just asking you about you said um like how you and the other cast members on thursday nights after the show you kind of all uh tweet at each other text each other and stuff like that and i asked you if you had any inside jokes or anything that you guys were talking about tonight you and the cast can you um share that little story yeah you were I was uh, remembering how uh, Keir O'Donnell, who plays Dewey Phillips, after he shot the scene where he's uh, urinating on the car, he was like, I was like, how did that go? And he's like, it was very complicated. There was like a tube of water in my pocket and I was trying to squirt it. And, you know, those things just don't go so smoothly <laughs> as you think they do. A lot of little technical things there. But we're always, uh, we're live tweeting the show every 
every time it's on. And um, I'm the only cast member that's in New York, so everybody else is West Coast, so they're they're watching along East Coast time with me. But then I'm trying to like stay awake and keep tweeting with people, and we FaceTime, and so we're all uh, we're all going through the show together and sort of you know laughing about things, costume things. I think I I'm made a joke about Jennifer Holland's shorts tonight in one of the scenes that she had on. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's funny to kind of relive the shoot as you're, as you're watching and, and see those little things that, that were funny at the time. Maybe something that you didn't notice before. Yes, exactly. Because Kevin exactly. said you guys just watched it all, like kind of binge watched the, all, all the episodes at once. Yeah, we did. We had one day of a screening in L.A., and we watched the entire series in one day. As It was basically like watching a movie because we didn't even have, we didn't even have like the beginnings and ends where the episodes were. It would just fade to black and go right back into the next episode. So mm-hmm. it was really continuous. So kind of cool to see it that way because um, it's shot very filmic. You know, it looks yeah. like a movie. So so it was cool to, to be able to experience it that way yeah so now every week I'm kind of like when does this episode end and begin like I, I don't really know because I'm like I saw it all as one thing um so it was cool that's amazing I mean thank you so much for sharing all of this information thank you so much for coming on the show tonight and staying we, up late so yeah, that you can stay- talk to us on the west coast yes well <laughs> well we had so much fun talking with you is there anything you want to say before we we say goodbye and goodnight or plug yeah I just just want to tell people to just tweet it out there and get on your Instagram and social media and just let CMT know how much you love Sun Records and that you really want to see another season because I know all of the cast is dying to do it. We had so much fun together and we're so proud of this project. So we hope everybody continues to enjoy it and and just have fun watching us every week. Yes. And we definitely need more episodes. I mean, I'm like not ready for this to be over. There's only eight, right? Eight total? I know. I'm getting sad already. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> I think that's what made this this episode a little bit more emotional than usual. I'm like, wait, this is episode five. Like, okay, this is getting good. <laughs> I know. Yes. Well, hope hopefully if we, if we do, you know, go forward, we're gonna have um, maybe a, a couple more episodes each season. So, so that yes, would be right. awesome if we can do that. That would be amazing. So, Margaret Ann, where can they find you on social media? So I am on Instagram at Margaret Ann Florence, my whole name, and I'm on Twitter at Margaret Ann Flo. Awesome. Well, you guys heard it, so make sure you go follow her, tweet at her, and hashtag Sun Records. Thank you so much, Margaret Ann. We really appreciate it. Have a great night. Hey, you too. Bye. Bye, Bye, everybody. She's so amazing. She's delightful. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Margaret. And again, that was so great. It's just so exciting to like hear all of these characters and, you know, and the actors and actresses talk about their experience. And it sounds like, I mean, we're watching it as an audience member and we're really just kind of reliving this with them. And it's such a great show. I can't get over it. I'm, I love hearing how, how well the actors get along and, and the yeah. summer camp that they created while shooting this. Um, but I'm curious for our, our, the, the fans that are watching it, I wonder if it's like a, a young demographic who isn't familiar with Sun Records. Like, I wonder how much knowledge 
um, the, the, the following that this show is building up actually has about Sun Records. If you guys let us know, like, comment and say, like, oh, I've, you know, loved Carl Perkins for years, or no, this is really cool just finding all of this out. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree, because it's like, you kind of get confused, too. Like, you're like, oh, well, I knew all about all, all these people, but then you're watching, and it's just so informative. And even the prisoners... I had no idea that was actually a group. Like, I've probably heard them before, but I didn't realize I did another research today to, like, re-back up. Like, is this real? And it was totally true. It was, you know, he was a real, Johnny Bragg was real. Their music was real, and it really recorded at Sun Records. It's yeah. crazy. And and the song Walk, uh, Walking in the Rain, because what, what happened with, you know, even though Sun Records... Um, put a lot of African-American music um, on onto mainstream radio. But unfortunately, what did happen a lot of times is there were these hits mm-hmm. that even though the Prisoners made that a hit, it really got higher chart success when Johnny Ray covered it, uh-huh. who's a, a white musician. Um, and, you know, the same thing happened with um, uh, Rocket 88, you know, when a white musician, um, you know, for the audiences that weren't ready to embrace uh rhythm and blues african-american music at the time you know unfortunately a lot of these hits it was uh, a white artist that gave it higher chart success Mm -hmm. but it's um you know it's that's that's good too that the show is you know bringing to bringing us the prisoners where maybe if you only knew johnny ray's version now you know who the original was yeah no i completely agree and we see that that kind of conflict happen when you know dewey's playing what he feels it's right to play because he he said the music in his blood which oh my gosh that scene i was like oh (laughs) you know me with like the queasiness of all that but he's really just trying like he was a real like radio dj he wanted to put on the air what he believed should be listened to just like sam you know we see him so many times if the music's good he's gonna play it and at this time i think it's so great that they were able to you know just like put this music on and make it a success yeah and it's funny to me too how um another thing that i wonder you know like accuracy wise of the time it's funny that there's like a like this mom and pop recording studio and this 19 year old kid in memphis just pops in to record a record for his mom because now if there was a recording studio like on the quarter outside of our studio there would be like a three-month waiting list you know like everybody wants to be a star everybody wants to be famous everybody wants to cut a record like the fact that there wasn't a constant or maybe there was that's what i'm wondering like was it uh you know in in walk the line like johnny cash they have him in in the movie just he kind of wanders into the studio and is like hey man how do i cut a record here like is that really how it was that this was just like you know uh tumbleweed rolled by empty during the day until somebody just happened to wander in off the street and was like i think i'd like to cut a record so like is that really how it was because i'm it's just so crazy the different time that we live in now yeah yeah no i can you know what i mean no i agree yeah because i mean you're watching someone who now is this iconic star superstar musician elvis and he just walked in to record a record for his mom and like here these days i don't I mean, I guess we have YouTube, so that's, like, maybe our version of yeah. it, because you well, can just... Yeah, like, there's no way a record producer would ever go into a prison to yeah be like, oh, I've heard of this artist, uh, I think I'm going to go check him out, you know? Yeah. You have to have already had, like, a, you know, 700,000 following sub- subscribers on YouTube for them yeah. to have done that. Yeah, 
I mean, it's yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. I mean, and can we talk about you have Elvis? To think about how much it would cost, though. Like, like people these that days? went in. Well, like back then, people that went in to cut these records probably been saving. That's true. For how long? Whereas, like people today, like you said, they could go home and on their phone make a music video <laughs> and put it out, and if it gets a million hits, then they're a pop yeah. sensation. But even if a night, like if a nineteen-year-old kid can, you know, scrounge up enough pocket change to go in and record an album for his mom i would just be thinking that every other tom dick and harry in the neighborhood would be coming in you know trying to cut a record too i think that that happened after they saw like elvis become right. famous because then it was like hey i look like that guy yeah, yeah. i could go sing like that it's guy. like the way you know it's this is how you know through the years we just become fame more and more fame obsessed and everybody you know once once it becomes popular on the radio everybody thinks that they can do it yeah well i mean going back to just like the recording part really quick and how elvis went in and you know recorded the record for his mom in the show i want to say that was such a sweet moment and if you notice like elvis when he was presenting it to his mom he had this his dad was like oh like <laughs> such a waste of money i laughed at that part because every um it's kind of a trope even though it's it's probably real but uh, you know what was what's the movie is it Dewey Dewey Cox the the parody of like all of the music the the James walk what's the movie hard. with John C Riley yeah walk hard that parodies like Ray and walk the line and all of the like music biopics mm-hmm. um you know there's a lot of like similarities through everybody's uh biopic storyline but one of them that I don't I wish that I don't think walk hard hit was the disapproving dad that everybody has <laughs> every icon <laughs> seems to have the the dad that resents them and doesn't think they'll ever amount to anything that's so, true so when Johnny Gash's dad is the same <laughs> so when uh so when yeah when he's like flipping burgers and he's like hey, waste of money if you ask me I laughed out loud I, I lol'd at that part <laughs> well, I think I was so focused on like the song and like the mom's reaction I was like sitting there having emotion I was like this is so sweet but still I mean Elvis's face facial expressions too like he looked at him kind of like oh I'm gonna get you like I'm gonna get you back I'm gonna prove mm-hmm. you wrong like you can yeah. see the determination in his eyes I liked that long shot of both his mom and Elvis in the backgrounds and their faces and their emotions yeah that was a good shot yeah I like the ending of this episode. It just, it gave me all, I tweeted, as I said, it gave me all the feels because I was kind of like upset, not angry, but a little bit like, "Eh, I don't know what's going to happen with Sam and Becky and Marion, like that whole like kind of triangle thing. And, and then, but then you get so happy because you see a marriage, like an an engagement happening. And just, there were so many different things happening. And it just made me really excited to see like what happens next in the story, the story. So, um, but I mean, I mean, hey, we got we got to shout out your shirt right now. Tamara is wearing a Sun yep. Records authentic you, sweatshirt, uh, just like they introduced the logo in the episode today. This is um, I got this. A friend gave this to me years ago because um, I'm a longtime Sun Records fan. But I think even when my friend gave it to me, it was already secondhand. So this this shirt's probably you've probably owned this shirt at some point <laughs> in time because it's gone through. <laughs> Many hands, um, but you know, all the better. Mm-hmm. Many, many fans of rockabilly have worn this shirt, yes. so now it's passed oh, to me. I love that. Yeah, so- I have uh, a lot of um, 
yeah, that kind of style of stuff. Yeah. So no, I love it. I just I whenever when you walked in, I was like Sun Records. Oh my gosh, I yeah. love it. Um, but speaking of a little uh, dynamic duo we haven't really touched on today was Jerry and Jimmy this episode and their fight over Peggy. They're just so great. Yeah. And and just kind of seeing like Jimmy come through and like swoop and get the girl and then it's like oh uh, Jimmy it's it's no big deal I was like, yeah poor guy. playing playing up Jerry's womanizing you know like they're still kid that that shower scene was a little bit shocking how how old is he supposed to be here do you think like. I don't know. I was thinking 15, but I don't know if that's a little too old yeah, for what they were. I, I think, yeah, like 15, 16 is what I think that they they seem like they're supposed yeah. to be at this point. So it's just like they're, you know, they're, they've only been in this episode and the last episode for a snippet, but they're really trying to, um, I guess, build up the fact that Jerry Lee is a, is a womanizer and yeah. um, uh, a little bit of... Um, Divi- they were a little divided this episode. Yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to when we had them in the studio. I asked, yeah. are we going to see a little bit more of Jimmy Swaggart's, you know, uh, him sort of starting on the path of becoming a televangelist? You know, are we going to see any more, a little bit more of his story? I would like to see that, but I don't think we will. You don't think so? I don't think so because we've got so, there's already so much story, yeah. every the million storylines mm-hmm. crammed into an hour of show. So, I think when it comes to the two of them, they we only we'll focus, we'll focus on, on Jerry Lee. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. I know. And speaking of like the m- like multiple storylines, I feel like we haven't really talked about the Colonel too much. I what I noticed this episode too is that I kind of find myself giggling. You know, he kind of like the music that they play in the background for him. It's kind of a funny vibe. You you don't take him seriously. But when you think about what he's actually doing, it's so terrible. And I just, like, I wasn't thinking of the actual, like, crime that he's technically committing. Yeah. You know? I just, it's funny how they're playing that out when really it's, like, I I mean, it's pretty serious what he's doing, right? He's just, like, stealing money. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's been, he was known to have, you know, stolen embezzled I don't know if that's the right word millions of dollars from Elvis you know like all of the things uh and he's told himself that that's what he was owed do you know all the work that he put in towards Elvis's success and stuff like that and and you know and even later in life Elvis even said like the colonel when when it was brought to Elvis's attention that the Mm -hmm. colonel stole all of this money from him Mm -hmm. he even said like well you know, I'm sure he's he he did what he thought he was owed or something something yeah. like that. Like he was even in later years was like very forgiving of him and yeah and, and his ways. So it's like you know when somebody's gonna be that greedy, I suppose they tell themselves that they've earned like, it, they yeah. deserve it. You know, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just such a different because you're kind of seeing a different side. Like you're seeing so many different sides of the music. Like what they're doing. You've got the the manager type. You've got the artist. You've got the person that's recording. So it's really interesting to see the different personalities and the different um, characters or real people that are just kind of coming into into light. Yeah. So. And also too, I mentioned uh, uh, when Allie and I were talking before the show, like that the episode at the beginning of the, when they go into the prison, the prison airs and um, the part where they say. Um, uh, he was in prison for six counts of rape, and I immediately thought, like, oh, that was probably a wrongful conviction because that's what often happened to black men in that era. Or, you know, was it uh, an issue of? Um, I try. I, I googled uh, Johnny Bragg and uh, to try to, but there wasn't much information on 
on him personally. Did you find much about him? I think I I looked at, like up the prisoners or prisoner. Sorry, um, I keep saying it wrong. And I just started reading more on the group and kind of where they come came from. But I did read just the basics of like what he, why he was convicted, which was the same thing I think they said in the show. Yeah, but I didn't see too much more information. Yeah, because it's I feel like in this past week um, after the death of Chuck Berry, uh, I've had a lot of conversations with friends because Chuck Berry did a lot of uh, bad things in his life that, you know, people are condemning him for now. But it's that, you know, conversation of can you separate the art from the terrible thing that this person did, you know? Mm -hmm. So that that sort of conversation that I've been having in the past week over the death of Chuck Berry popped into my head when when, um, they they say that he was in prison for six counts of rape. But um, I suspect... uh, just the way of the time and the way that they addressed it in the episode that he probably didn't rape anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? But, I mean, their music is great. <laughs> I was like, I seriously, we need a soundtrack. I'm waiting for it. I I need to listen to those music, the songs on repeat. Um, but in a lighter-hearted moment, um, Johnny Cash, we saw him... Um, propose and the song and the song and everything it was so cute but I thought it was so great how they kind of they've been showing all of the um, his his friends in the army and the military and everything and they've been so oh Johnny you need to do this you need to do that and they've been so against his girlfriend but I found it so sweet in this scene whether it be realistic or not that they were so he gave away his quarter that <laughs> saved his life yeah. to his friend to like do this proposal I yeah. thought it was so great that was a really cute scene yeah I love how they just they, there's serious moments and then there's happy moments. Just it just gives you everything that you need in one full swoop of an hour. Do you think you could wait three years for a guy that's writing you letters and promising to love you? You know, if it was love, then yeah. If you knew, it was <laughs> if true you met love, him one night at a skating rink, no, they and, they knew each other for three weeks. Okay, I think you can fall in love in three weeks, right? <laughs> I feel I like I've, I've depends had this- on the person, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Well, I guess they were able to fall in love. And I think, what about you? Would you be able to marry someone? Wait, three. I don't think I would. I, I think nowadays, like I think in that era, that was a time where uh, a woman would have to stay chaste for three years in order to wait for her husband. Mm-hmm. I think now everybody would be like, yes, you do you. I'll <laughs> see you in three years, you know. <laughs> Like, it's not as authentic as it used to be. Kind yeah, of. It, it's, it, you don't have to, um, you know, stay as, what's the word? Pure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this episode all around, Rising Sun, it was. It was so great, just like every other episode on Sun Records. We are so excited to get into next week, episode six, which makes me sad. I can't believe there's only eight. I'm not ready for there only to be three episodes left. That they means- didn't really tease us who the artist is going to be in the next episode. If it's just going to heighten Elvis's, I think it I must think just be heightening Elvis's career. Yeah. I think I think so too, just because we haven't really gotten to like we kind of got that intro and that little bit. So I yeah. think we're finally getting. I've been the big really push. enjoying the like ah, who's going to show up in the next episode? Yeah, yeah. Let's see Carl Perkins. <laughs> well, yeah. When will we see all of these new characters? Because I know there's some that we're still going to get introduced to before the end of the season. So that will be really exciting. But I guess we'll have to talk about that next week. And thank you guys so much again for joining 
following us as always. Be sure to tweet us on AfterBuzz TV. Follow us on Facebook and Snapchat and all of the other social media platforms. I'm your host, Allie Nasta. You can find me on Twitter at Allie Nasta and on Instagram at Allie Girl. And Tamara Brown, where can they find you? I'm Tamara Brown. You can find me on YouTube at Hey Tamara. And thank you again, Margaret and Florence, for joining us today. We had so much fun. See you guys next week. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 